Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 1, The preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. You know what? We look good in our own eyes. We look real. You stand in front of a mirror and you can prep and prep and look real good. But all you are is filthy rags before the eyes of God. But the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord had made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination. Oh, we need to read that again. I, I find that a lot of Christian people at this category right here, they are prideful. They're, they're something that they think they are, but they're not. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By the mercy and truth, iniquity, get this, is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. We just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. Help us, Lord, to get into your word and apply it to our lives each and every day. Not just on Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday, but every day of our lives we open up the word of God and absorb the word of God in our lives, Lord. And we ask you to bless each one of us here, lift them up, encourage them, Lord. If there's anything going on, Lord, we pray that you touch the hearts as only you can. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I'm looking at that word purged. It doesn't just mean to clean something. Uh, but if you ever had purged something tonight, you realize it's something more than just cleaning it. Uh, something you have to uh, put something in its place. Uh, uh, something to be purged. Uh, there, have been, uh, there has to be a force that is applied to push something out. If everybody ever had a stopped up line, a water line, a sink line, you had to apply something, you had to apply force to get it unclogged. If you talked about brake lines, uh, uh, you just can't open up the brake line and have the air leak out of it. You've got to apply some force to it to push that out of it, to get it purged and place something in replace of it tonight. I like to say that God has purged you and I tonight. He, he's taken that which is wrong in your life, that which is no good, and He's purged it out, and He's put something better in its place tonight. I believe every one of us here battles sins. Just because you're saved, you said, I'm going my way to heaven, we still battle sins. You'll battle sins Every day of your life, and as long as you're living in this flesh, you'll battle sins. When somebody tells you, uh, well, I, I can't help it. I'm just a sinner. I, I can't find that in the Bible. I don't see it in the Bible. If there's an area in our life that we know that we're weak in, and that area of our life that we know we have problems in, we can seek God and God can give us victory over those areas that we are weak in. We can live a sin, we can't live a sinless life 
but we can live a sinless life tonight. Amen. Have you ever had a sin or weight that you struggled with day in, day out? That, that besetting sin. Uh, it, it, it seems like all you ever did was come and, and continually asking God to forgive you, continually asking God to forgive you, trying to get it cleaned out yourself. But you keep falling into it time in, time out. You keep going back to it. It seems like you can't get out of it. So what's the problem? Why is it that I seek God? Why is it that I'm trying to get that out of my life? Why is the problem that I keep going back over and over and over to that sin? Because you haven't got purged. You haven't got purged. There's a vacuum that creates in your life when God takes and removes something out of your life. But we're not putting something in replace of that sin. We haven't put anything in replace of the sin that God has purged out of our life. It just keeps coming back over and over. You say, I, I, I come to the altar and I ask forgiveness of it and I, I feel good, but by the time the end of the week comes, you're right back into it over and over. Anytime you push something out, you've got to replace it with something. Anytime you push something out of your life, you've got to replace it with something or what you pushed out is going to come back into your life. Can I say when God purges your life, he will always place something better in your life. Whatever God takes out of your life, he's going to replace something better in your life. And we find in the scripture it says it's going to take mercy and truth. By mercy and truth, the iniquity is purged by the mercy and truth of God. God's mercy, God's truth can push something out of you. So that you're not running around doing the same things over and over and over again. God can put something better in its place tonight. So I'd like to give you three things on what God can purge and put better into your life tonight. I pray you keep your Bibles open. We're just going to be through the Bible tonight. But I want you to get this. I want you to get this, that, that uh, uh, if you're struggling with something, you've got something you're dealing with over and over and over in your life, you should not be doing that. Because God can push it out of your life. The problem is when God pushed something out of our lives, we allow something else to come in its place that wasn't put in by God. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. God can purge our conscience. I found that people battle within their own conscience. The things they did before they got saved. Or even things they've done even after they've gotten saved. But they have been forgiven for, for it. God has forgiven them. God has forgotten the sin. But it seems like the conscience still uh, uh, gives them the problem of they used to be before they got saved. Or what they've done before. What they used to be involved with before they got saved. Before they met the Lord Jesus 
Maybe tonight you're in a place where you've laid down at night and you know that you're saved and you know that you're on your way to heaven, but something keeps eating at you, tearing at you, and it's just pulling you apart. And it can't, you can't get over it. You can't get around it. You can't get under it. You just can't get past it. And the devil is constantly whispering in your ear, you know what you did. You know you're no good. God cannot save you like that. God doesn't want a person like you. God doesn't love somebody like you. The devil whispering in your ear says, you're lost and undone. Let me show you what can be replaced by being purged of the conscience. Uh, Hebrews 9 Verse number 13. For if the blood and bulls of goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkle the unclean, sanctify to purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, watch this, purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. Drop down to verse number 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood there is no remission can I say tonight uh, that if you've been saved by the grace of God uh, every time the devil begins to whisper in your ear and tell you that you're lost and undone uh, the devil try to bring that dark cloud over your head to remind you of your past and what you used to do you just tell the devil it's under the blood it's been washed uh, and God has purged it out of my life and when God purged it out of my life he put something better in the place of it You say, what is better? It's the blood of God, His only Son, shed on the old rugged cross at Calvary. You got to reckon it to be gone. And believe by faith that when God looks at you, He does no longer see that stain of sin. He sees the blood of His only begotten Son. He's looking at His Son and not you. It's gone. The sin is gone. And it's been forgotten tonight. But we battle with that over and over and over. And God says, yet I purged it with my blood. When I got saved, God replaced my bad conscience and replaced it with something better. For death, he gave me life. For thirst, he gave me water. For hunger, he gave me bread. For something, he gave me uh, 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 mourning. For he gave me joy. For darkness, he gave me light. For fear, he gave me boldness. God put something better in the place of it tonight. And when the devil brings those things back to your conscience, just remember that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only Son, cleanses and purges all of our sins tonight. There's a reason why Daniel, when he was, uh, uh, David, when he messed up, uh, he said, uh, Lord, wash me with hyssop. Why, why would he, David say hyssop? 
David knew what it was tied to. David knew that on the Passover, when they're in Egypt, on the Passover, the Bible says, take the hyssop and dip it in the lamb's blood and mark it on the post and on the lentil. Mark it on the post and on the lentil. Mark it on the post and on the lentil. You get that? He said, mark it on the post and on the lentil. I'm telling you, when David knew that, hey, when he'd sinned, he said, there's no other way but the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way but the cross of Calvary to wash me clean. David said, I'm struggling with this in my life. I've messed up. There's only one way. And he says, I want God's forgiveness. And it's going to take more than what I'm able to do. It's going to take the blood of the Lamb. And it pushes out and it purges you. He said that I may walk in the newness of life. God can replace it with something better. He, he can replace your conscience with the blood tonight. If you're bothered with the blood the stains of sin in your life and you bother with that uh, over and over, God can replace that with the blood of His Son tonight. It's available. All you got to do is come and ask. Uh, he gives it freely. All you got to do is say, Lord, here I am. I'm dealing with those over and over. I'm fighting this battle over and over. I'm dealing with this sin over and over. But God can purge it out and put something better in this place. He can purge your conscience. We messed up. Hey Amen. I'm a sinner. I'm going to admit to that. I'm a sinner. But thank God he purged it and replaced it with the blood of his son that is no longer stained, is no longer there. Praise God. <laughs> you ought to get excited about that. Hey, I, I'm not, hey, I'm not on my way to hell. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I've been purged. I'm on my way to heaven because he's washed me clean. Amen. He purged our company. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. He purged our conscience. He purged our company. I believe this is where a lot of Christians have a hard time to deal with. When they get saved, they come and ask God to help them. They just don't purge the company. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 20. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to to dishonor. He's not saying, hey, there's some for honor and there's some also for dishonor sitting in the same house. If a man therefore purge himself, listen to if a man therefore purge himself from these, what? The dishonorable ones. He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master use, and prepared for every good works. How is a man supposed to purge himself in this text? He purges himself from the bad company 
Some of you are sitting here tonight, the only company that you knew before you got saved was those that was liars, stealers, backbiters, backstabbers, drunkards, smoking, doping addicts. That's the only company you knew. Uh, they didn't care about God, didn't know God, didn't want to know anything about God, didn't care about church. That was the crowd that you ran with. But God saved you. God saved you. The problem is with a lot of Christians, they struggle with this. When they got saved, they're not purging themselves from that company that they used to hang out with. And they're not purging themselves from that place they used to go to. You say, well, I'm saved. I, I, I'm good to go. I'm on my way to heaven. But let me tell you what. One saint standing in the middle of a bunch of sinners is not going to save the sinners, but the sinner's going to convert the saint to a sinner. You go to the bar and say, I won't drink. It won't take you long. You're going to turn one up. You go to a dope house where I'm not going to smoke. It won't take long, and you're going to smoke one. Purge yourself from that crowd that you used to run with. Amen. Well, they're my family. Well, you've got a choice to make. I'm going to walk with God or I'm going to walk with them. I tell you what, the company you used to hang out with didn't love God. They didn't love His Son, they didn't love the Bible. But you didn't know there was another company. <laughs> not everybody sung the songs that way. Not everybody went to those places. Oh, but happy day when God took you out of that crowd and placed you in another crowd. You got, you got put into a new crowd tonight. He got around the group of people. He put us with a crowd that, that loves God, that loves His Son, that loves the Bible, that loves the songs we sing, uh, that loves the preaching, and loves to come to the house of God every time. You never thought, hey, I never thought I'd be like that. I didn't think I'd ever come to church every time the doors open. But when God puts you in that crowd, uh, you start loving the things of God, wanting the things of God. He gave you a new company in your life. Not only to give you a new company life, but he gave you a new company to help you walk with God and live for God. Amen. God always puts something better in his place. That old crowd you used to run with, they'd backstab you in a heartbeat. The crowd you run with now, they're here praying for you, lifting you up and encouraging you. Keep going, keep going. Hey, just keep going. Don't worry about it. God's got it. You know why people can't get by week from week dealing with the same stuff week by week? Because they've never been purged from their company. They still go out of the same places. They hang out with the same crowd. The crowd that doesn't know God, the crowd that doesn't love God. They're lost and on their way to hell. You say, well, but it, may, it might be my, some of my family members. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Still got to purge yourself.
You can tell them that you love them, but you just can't hang out with them. You ever, you ever notice every time you start to get closer to the crowd that you used to hung out with, the longer you stay with them, you, you don't want to come to church anymore. You don't want to read the Bible anymore. You say, well, uh, I, I can do this, I can do that. I, I just I, That crowd starts to pull you away from the things of God. You've got to separate yourself. You've got to purge yourself from that. Because if you don't, they're going to pull you out of the house of God. They're going to get you right back dabbing in that crowd, that drunkard, that smoke dope, and all that stuff. Get you right back dabbing in it. I don't want to go back down to that crowd. I don't want to go back to those places I hung out with. I love being in the house of God. God will take and replace that old crowd and give you a new crowd. And purge that old crowd out of your life and put something new in its place. He purged the conscience, he purged the company, but he also purged our conduct. Verse 21 he said, If a man therefore purge himself for these, he shall be a vessel of honor and sanctify the meat the master's use and the preparation for the every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness. Faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of pure heart. This is why a lot of young people have a disillusion at the church. We, we say no, no, you can't do No, don't do that. Don't, don't go there. No, no. We say no an awful lot, but we don't give them something in replace of it. Say, yeah, you can do this. Yes, we can do that. You're not, you're not giving them an alternative from what the world is saying. We're not giving them an alternative to what the flesh is saying. We're just telling them, hey, no, no, no. But we ought to just start saying, look, there are some things that you can do as a child of God and still have the joy in the house of God. Amen. It's like, let me give this illustration. Some of us in here married. It's like when I saw her, I don't remember her, but she remembered me. She said she had a dream of me. But when, when we got together, I, I said, this, this one is for me. She's mine. And when I'm saying I'm forsaking all the other women in this world, it's not like they were knocking the door of coming to get my house anyway. Some of them threatened me. Some of them just didn't. Say, hey, you need to stay away. But what, I, what I'm saying is I, I, I've purged myself of the world with all the others and, and I'm going to stay with her. That's what we need to do. Say, hey, our conduct needs to change. I'm going to purge myself of the things of this world and what the world says and start running to. You know, we're supposed to separate ourselves from this world. Get this, get this. Now, this hit me. We're supposed to separate ourselves from the world. But the Bible also says we're to separate ourselves unto 
something else. Not only are you supposed to separate from the world and leave it there, but there's something you've got to run to. You start running to the right thing. Start separating yourself unto the right thing. And let me tell you what, God can change the conduct in every one of our lives. Uh, you know what? A Christian should be above all measure honest. Should be all that way. We, he said we're fleeing our lust and leaving that all behind. To follow what? Righteousness. Faith. Charity, peace. He's purged that lustful stuff out of life and replaced it with this stuff. You know why people's conduct never changes? All they do is keep coming and asking God to forgive them over and over. If you still listen to the same kind of music you listened to before, you haven't been purged. What's wrong with music? I love music. There's not one person in here that cannot listen to a record outside of gospel that doesn't take them back to a place to where they should not have been doing what they should not have been doing with somebody they should not have been with to begin with. <laughs> Amen. And, and in order to purge that out of your mind, you need to stop listening to that stuff. You start listening to that old rugged cross. Amen. That, that's the reason why people, uh, the conduct never changes because they're going back to the old place, what they used to be, used to how they act and, and who they're hooked up with. Because something triggers that in their mind and it takes them back to that place in their life. Place where you used to get drunk at. Smoke dope. That's what music does. You have to replace it with something that is better. Get yourself into an, you get yourself into an idle position. And that's when you get in trouble. Start watching something you shouldn't watch. When you get to a place where you're idle, start reading your Bible more. Put something in replace of it. Something better. When you create that vacuum in your life, there needs to be something that's purged into its place, and God always placed something better into it. Because if you don't, you're going to go back the same old way. That's why a lot of people come into church for a while, and they're gone. Haven't purged the world out of them. They're still holding on to something in the world. Ephesians 4.22, you don't have to turn there. That ye put off, here's that, put off, concerning the former conversation of old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And here it is, now he said, put off. Now he says, put ye on. Put on ye own a new man, which is after God is created in the righteous and in his holiness. Wherefore, put in away lit lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for he members of another. Let him steal, stole, steal no more. 
but rather let him labor, working with the hands the things which are good, that he may be given to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of the mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. There, he said put off. You've got to put that old man off. You've got to put on something that's better. Something's better. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away. All malice. And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. When they came to Daniel and said, we want you to drink the king's wine and eat the king's meat. Daniel said, oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh, can't do that. I'll tell you what I do. We'll, we'll drink water, and we'll drink the Bible's diet, God's diet, and in 10 days you come back and see if we're not better than them. So they did it in 10 days. They came back, and the Bible said they said they were 10 times better than the king's people. They took something old off, purged himself, and put something better in its place. Colossians 3 says, But now ye also put off these. Putting off. You've got to put something. There's always going to be putting something off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, end out of your mouth. Verse 9, he says, Lie not. Seeking that you have put off the old man with these deeds, there are six things that God said had put off. Watch it. He said put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, and lie not. God said put these things off. Get them out of your life. So if God said put these off, then God says there's got to be something better that I need to put into place of it. Put, there, put on therefore. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, a mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have quarreled against any of Christ forgave you, you also do so. And above all these things, above all these things, put on charity. Put on charity. So God says, take and put off these six things. And God says, all right, now I want you to take, put them off, and I want you to put these things on. If you count them, there are eight things that God puts in place of those six things that God said put off. God gives better. God puts something better in His place. He purges you with something that is better in His place. He makes you better. Stop fighting the same sin over and over and over. Come to God and let Him replace it with something better. But I find the problem is people don't want to replace their sin. They've gotten so used to their sins, they've gotten so wrapped up in their sins, that they know how to enjoy both. And I don't understand how anybody can enjoy both being in church and out in the world at the same time. To me, that's just killing yourself. 
That just made, I come to church, if I, I remember when I used to come to church, and I wasn't a saved person. I didn't want to hear anything anybody had to say in there. I wanted to get out quick. That's why I sat in the back. I was a back pew sitter. Because when he says, let's bow our heads, I was out the door. That's all I got, let's bow our heads. Hmm, gone. I, I don't understand how somebody can say I'm a Christian and still love the world. I don't understand it. There's got to be a battle going on within you. You say I'm a Christian, but yet I still like things of the world. The Bible says you got to separate yourself from them. Come out from among them. But I find Christians just do not want to replace sin with the things of God. I don't know about you tonight, but I've had to deal with this. And I swear I was, I was struggling with preaching it tonight. I thought I might preach it Monday, Sunday morning. Because people need to hear this. People need to hear they need to be purged of the sin that they're dealing with over and over and over and over. And, I, and, I, and I'm sitting here, I don't know about you, you might, you might be that super Christian. We'll talk about you Sunday morning. We'll talk about you Sunday morning because I'm guaranteed that some of them sitting here say, oh, I, I ain't got no sin. You lie. I don't have to struggle with anything. You lie. I struggle to get up in the morning. I struggle to go through the day without getting angry, getting upset. I struggle. I have to go to the Lord. Lord, help me. Every one of us are that way. And if we're that way, we ought to say, you know what, God? You can replace that what's in my mind with something better. So I want you to replace it. I want you to take I, this, uh, this old life that I've been living. I've been dealing with it, fighting this old thing over and over, dealing with this flesh over and over. And I happen to keep battling over and over. I am tired. I'm tired of the battle, tired of the fight. So God, won't you just take it from me? And when you do, put something better in its place. 